0: Hello, and welcome to the 90s Kids Movie Pod. We are your hosts, Joe. Hello. Stephanie. Hello. And I'm Max. We are three millennials who took A-level media studies, so you know we are highly qualified to talk about films. This is the podcast for children of the 90s. Join us as we re-watch the films that shaped our childhood.
1: Hello. Hi, guys.
2: How are you doing? All good. How are you? good.
1: Good, good. I'm excited to talk to you both about this week's film on the uh, 90s kids movie pod. Um, this week we have chosen, or I have chosen, the film Casper. Casper the Friendly Ghost from mm. 1995.
0: Um, it was a very strong choice, very strong. Good choice. effort, Steph. good effort. I love this film. <laughs> this was,
1: <laughs> I I don't know, I feel like this film was such a... Uh, an integral part of, of my childhood and kind of the first introduction to the paranormal um, that wasn't super scary. Yeah. Um,
0: mm. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to hear what you guys um, think to this film. Um, but I guess for our listeners, for anyone that hasn't seen Casper, um, although why you wouldn't have seen this film, I don't know. Um <laughs> I will do a brief uh, plot summary Um, so also if you haven't seen this film there will be plot spoilers (laughs) spoilers for (laughs) Casper the Friendly Ghost yeah it Um, came out in the 90s guys so don't be uh, leaving angry comments that's really on you (laughs) (laughs) so uh, yeah okay Um, so Casper it isn't called Casper the Friendly Ghost it's just called Casper Um, it's
0: wait
2: what (laughs) (laughs) i check. (laughs) it. (laughs) <laughs> about at the first total <laughs>
1: <laughs> Casper based on uh, the cartoon the comic uh, Casper the Friendly mm. Ghost um, starts with an heiress called Carrigan who has, in- has inherited uh, Whipstaff Manor so I totally forgot about this part of the film literally forgot this character existed um, but she inherits this manor she's not very happy about it her father passes away and leaves all his money basically to animals uh, animal charities um and just leaves her this crappy manor and um she's not very happy about it but she discovers that there is some hidden treasure there and she doesn't know what it is so she goes to the manor and discovers that it is infested with four ghosts so there's casper and then there's his three uncles so, stretch and stinky and she tries everything to get the ghosts out uh, the ghosts do not want to leave um, and they basically send all of the the people that she gets in to help they, they all like run off screaming um, and then she finds out about dr. James Harvey who is played by Bill Pullman um, and he is a ghost therapist Um, and I really hope this job exists because I'm thinking of changing careers Um, (laughs) so Dr. Harvey um, speaks to the dead and helps them to pass on so she thinks brilliant I'm going to invite him to the manor to get rid of these ghosts so Dr. Harvey and his loner daughter Kat uh, come over to the manor and um, basically that's when they meet Casper and hilarity ensues (laughs) Um, That's a good pitch, Steph.
2: <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> Let's make this film.
1: <laughs> so I think, yeah, have I kind of... Summed, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of stuff that happens after they meet Casper, but to kind of set the scene, how do we feel about that?
2: Bang on. Tidy. Bang Yeah, really bang on.
0: I think, like you, I completely forgot, because I haven't watched this film in probably maybe 10 years, mm. you know, when you think, look back and you think, oh, maybe it's a few years when actually it's 10 years. Um, I didn't remember, I remembered Kathleen as a character, but it's weird the stuff that you remember as a child versus what you remember watching it as an adult. And yeah, she inherits whip stuff, manor, no. doesn't she? I totally missed that bit. I don't remember that bit. I, I remember her being involved in, in the manor, but I don't yeah, remember I didn't why. know
2: why. I, I remember thinking, I, I kind of remember her at the end. I didn't know why she was so awful, I didn't know what her motives were at all, now I do it's hers
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say for the first 20 minutes of this film I had completely erased those from my mind, all I could remember was Bill Pullman and Christina Ritchie uh, moving into the manor and, and finding Casper yeah. and, and his uncles and yeah, I completely forgot about um, the fact that they're invited there by Carrigan yeah. Um, so yeah let's let's get into it um what I don't even know where to start what do you guys think to I mean who who's your who's your favorite character let's kick it off with the uh, with that who's your favorite character in this I one? would
0: um I I'm happy to go I'm happy to kick this off so I think um I I thought that the the, the key character for me would have been casper because he's quite a cute character isn't he <laughs> he is
1: the name of the film
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he's at least semi-important to the plot <laughs> he is somewhat important to the he's structurally important to the plot but i think the ghostly trio of um stretch stinky and fatso i found them actually quite fu- quite funny even as an mm. adult um i think because a few of the jokes that they make are things that only adults mm. would get and the slapstick humor you know the kids would get but I actually like found myself when I rewatched this, actually laughing at so many points. Um, and I like how they're mod- modelled off of these like old 19s, 1920s, like wise yeah. guys. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely loved, loved, loved those characters. Um, I like them throughout the, like, the entire movie if i'm honest i've real for some reason i kept on waiting for them to come back on screen so i could laugh again yeah
1: <laughs> yeah the accent um the voice work is amazing for those guys i was like looking them up to see um who they were um and the the guy that plays fatso is the older brother in everybody loves raymond
2: yeah i can't yeah. remember his name
0: yeah um so my question to you guys is you know, in uh, one of the opening scenes where, where they've moved into Whipstaff, and um, the the dad is going looking in the mirror and he's like washing his face, and he goes through all the characters, and it goes mm. through Clint Eastwood, Mel Gibson. Is is the guy that you just mentioned? Is he one of the guys that comes into the? Because there's yeah, like an overweight not. guy with a voice. Really? Yeah. Is no. he not? No. Okay. No, I. I, I thought for some like. I thought that he was, even as a child, I thought he was. No,
1: I can't remember who, I can't remember that guy. But yeah, there's, um, the ghosts all kind of enter the dad, um, which is slightly weird. Um, But yeah, Bill Pullman has a fight with the three uncles and I think they somehow knock him out and they end up like going inside him and he goes to wash his face and he turns into Clint Eastwood and yeah, Mel Gibson and the Crypt Keeper. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think this is a real trait with nineties kids movies, um, that they always reference like, like really older stuff. Like, yeah, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like this was kind of my first introduction to who Clint Eastwood was. Like, I didn't Mm. know who, like as a four year old watching (laughs) this, but then you're like, oh yeah, I recognize him. Like, um, and I feel like there's a lot of like references that are quite old, but it sort of teaches you as a child about, like, older cinema. Um,
0: yeah. I think as a, as, a, as a child, Steph thought that um,
2: Casper was Clint Eastwood's breakthrough
1: movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is where I thought he got his big break.
2: He's really good. He's going to go far this far. <laughs> um,
1: did you know that um, Casper is the first CGI um, character to lead a movie? He's cast, this is the first movie with a lead that is a CGI character.
0: Can I That's interesting. I would not have guessed that at all. Mm. Never.
1: Yeah.
0: Wait. So this came out. This came out before Dragonheart.
1: <laughs> it, it did. It did.
2: Wow. Okay. But yeah. Also, the fact wow. that the film is obviously Shocking. called
1: Casper. <laughs>
0: But that that is, but I would never have guessed that. But, um, you know, in in the same vein, when I looked up some research on the film, I was gobsmacked that it came out in 1995. So Mm. you guys would have been, what, four? Five, yeah. Four. Yeah. This, yeah, I just I couldn't believe that it was for some reason. I was like, "Oh, this must be late '90s," because I didn't. <laughs> I actually didn't think the CGI was that bad. I, don't don't shoot no, me. No, I think it's really good. Okay,
2: cool. I fully expected you guys to just burst out laughing at that point. <laughs> no, I agree. No. I, th- I think the, the what they did that was really clever is that they used CGI for the ghost characters. And they didn't really use CGI for anything else. There was a lot of practical effects.
1: Yeah. Oh, the the um, the set building and the props in this film Fantastic. are amazing. Yeah. I mean, like, Whipstaff Manor, it just looks like somewhere you actually want to go.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You could have that at like Alton Towers or something. Like you'd have yeah. a great time. Absolutely. Yeah. The thing when um, the ghosts go under the carpet and the carpet's like going up and chasing him, mm. I was like, yeah. You see, you don't really get this kind of. It. It reminded me of like some kind of like old Spielberg kind of Indiana mm. Jones type stuff. It was really cool. So. Yeah. Yeah, they did. They did well on the CGI. Yeah, I think it's.
1: Oh, I mean, yeah. obviously, like it's. You know, it saves a lot of time, and I'm guessing. Saves money doing things with CGI rather than building full-on sets, but I think mm. you really lose a lot of the magic, and I think that's what I always remember about this film. Like the the sets were just so good, mm. um, and yeah, I guess like now if just everything's CGI, it's kind of you do, you don't get that authentic feel to yeah. it anymore.
0: Mm. Maybe that's where maybe that's where Dragonheart went wrong. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think their sets were pretty realistic. <laughs> I tell you I tell you where I think I think this is like really obvious is when you watch um not to talk about our favourite trilogy of films uh, Lord of the Rings but um in the trilogy everything's like handmade and mm-hmm. um really realistic and then when you watch The Hobbit Ugh. it's just yeah it just loses it lost all of that magic for me. Like I I have to admit, I've not watched uh, the second two of the Hobbit because I just wasn't interested. I just didn't think it had that same. Yeah,
0: it doesn't. It doesn't get much better. It really doesn't. No, no.
2: It, no. The last one is shocking. Yeah, I, I really don't like the Hobbit films. Obviously, I Lord of the Rings. Uh, you know, you you guys know. Well, we all love those that, that trilogy. Lord of the Rings trilogy is amazing, but like I could never watch the Hobbit any of the Hobbit films again. And you know. Yeah, have a good time.
0: I mean, it's it's interesting what you said about um, you know the fact that they did they did make real sets um, as opposed to just you know CGI backdrops. One of the things I remember is um, I think I mentioned before on this podcast that one of the first DVDs I got was The Matrix, and if if you guys have seen The Matrix, you know there's that iconic scene where they're running across the rooftops at the beginning. Mm. Mm. Believe it or not, you know the backdrops are actually hand painted cityscapes. Really? Wow. Yeah, and it's because. Um, the directors basically wanted it to feel real and they didn't believe, I mean, they had the technology, like, you know, that film's all about like the cool CGI effects and stuff like that. They had the technology to do that, but they actually got someone to paint that. And I I I mean, even now when you rewatch that, if if you were to tell someone that was painted, you know a massive painted um, cityscape. You wouldn't believe mm. it, but he the directors basically just c- completely believed in making stuff and yeah, like you said, there was so many handmade things in in Lord of the Rings that they just abandoned in 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 the, in the Hobbit. I think I liked that in this film definitely. The only CGI are the, you know, are the characters in and the, and the animation mm. of of those is actually really good. Cuz if you think about it, I I always yeah. I always come back to the point that you know, not to bring it back to Lord of the Rings, but Gollum. So there was there was that massive debate um, between the production makers of, um, do we make him fully uh, fully motion captured or do we leave some bit to animators? And I think the the reason why it won so many um, you know visual effects uh, awards is because the uh, the emotion. That's portrayed on Gollum's face is done by animators, really, Yeah. Mm. and that's a skill. And I'm not saying I'm not saying uh, Casper should win an Oscar, <laughs> but at the same time, I do feel like Hold that- up now. <laughs> I do feel like there's definitely uh, there's definitely um, like emotional reactions that are really strong in this film. Mm. Like if you just remind yourself that it's 1995, it's it's
2: I think it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember watching the like the, the cartoon Casper the Friendly Ghost. And I think the reason the ghosts in this work so well as well is that they kind of, they're cartoony and they stayed within the same kind of look as the cartoon and the comics. Like, do you ever see like a live-action film of like, you know, a comic book character or you know like an animated show? And they always look really weird, like Sonic the Hedgehog mm. or something like that. They always look really really odd. Yeah, they do. And it's because they didn't stay true to like the design of. The original, whereas this, I think, really works.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because um, when I read that, when they were filming this, the actors had to act against tennis balls. So obviously, <laughs> oh, right. the, you know, they don't have the ghosts there. Um, and yeah, yeah hang so on, the ghosts just... weren't there.
2: <laughs> no. Where, where where did they go?
1: Well, Wait. I mean, I'm guessing they're, they're pretty expensive to uh, <laughs> to hire. <laughs>
0: So do you mean do you mean literally someone like held tennis balls and then I'm guessing I think so that means that like someone off you know behind camera would have had to like say the lines. yeah that would yeah. have been so crazy
1: which I I think just like enhances um, when you when you're watching Christina Ricci like she has some really emotional like moments in this film where she's talking to Casper and it's like mm. she was acting against a tennis ball having really deep meaningful conversations about um, you know what's it like to die it's like god like this is pretty heavy for a kid's film
0: there on it i think that was that was going to be the only thing that i was going to say you're like there are so many moments in this film where it switches and it's like emotional punch in the face it's it's i just wasn't Mm. ready for it at all like but as, as a child i don't remember feeling that but as an adult when they pose the question you know what's it like to die i was like whoa Whoa, it's Sunday afternoon. I can't be doing this. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> it was it was like yeah. There were a few scenes like that, but I think that's helped by, I mean, one of my favorite composers, like film composers of all time is James Horner. He was he was he was taken away uh taken away from this world far too soon, but pretty much all of my favorite films from the early 90s um late 90s, they were all composed by James Horner and I think his score really like helps build that emotional and also the mm. you know the kind of like the, the scary, the whimsical nature of of Whipstaff Manor as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think those those scenes, as well as like great, great animation and um, pretty pretty decent acting, it was helped along by really good soundtrack. Mm. Mm. Yeah, the
1: soundtrack is really good.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, and I th- I think mm. it's the cinematographer that has worked on a lot of. He's worked on loads of loads of really good films um, oh god why is my brain going blank I'll have to find, find a list But
2: um... was it The Hobbit by any chance <laughs> Dragonheart yeah. wasn't it yeah
0: <laughs> I wonder what they used instead for Dragonheart like did they, they won't maybe they didn't think of tennis balls maybe that's why it, it didn't match
2: up to, to Casper you know what I mean like, I think they just had Sean Connery in a crane <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, can you imagine? Oh. I'm looking at um, I'm looking at the cinematographer and what he's done. He's done loads of stuff, hasn't he? Mm. Oh my god! Yeah. He did. Uh, oh wow! He
2: did Flubber and Apollo 13. He also did Hook. That's mad. Yes. Oh, see that with. You know what? That's so weird because I didn't know that they did the same film, but you can you can tell absolutely. You can tell with mm. Hook. You can. Yeah. That's yeah. mad. Yeah. Because the, the set, the, the sets
0: for Hook are are like really high quality, aren't they?
1: Yeah, yeah. You want to be there as a kid when you're watching it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Just like a gigantic scale.
1: Yeah, it helps really. It helps to really bring it alive. Um, mm. I think when you're watching it as a child. Yeah. Um, the another random fact for you: the Whipstaff Manor was actually modelled on a lot of um, Gaudi architecture. Um, So there's no like real straight lines. It's all very kind of, yeah, a bit like fantastical, but also a little bit creepy. Like it's, it's really beautiful, but it's got that kind of sinister, creepy edge to it. That's that's yeah. so funny
0: because I I watched this with my girlfriend and one of like her only comment was it looks like Gaudi artwork that does take note that down take yeah. say that in the podcast no <laughs> yeah well done Ellie she's she's going to uh, she's going to enjoy that definitely but yeah I think um <laughs> I think the artwork in the film really worked I say the craziest thing about this if someone said to me what time of year was this released in 1995 I would never have guessed the year the the month that it was released because to me it feels like a a halloween film Mm. Mm. but when was it released it was released in um may which is bonkers so that's like way before christmas way before autumn um but yeah i just i i I don't know like if um, i guess i'm not a studio executive but if i was i'd say maybe push that towards the end of the year so people are in halloween mode but at the same time i watched it Mm. not you know in in march and it still felt you know enjoyed it so (laughs) still holds up still up, I guess I just found it a bit weird like it just feels like in the same category of like hocus pocus um, but yeah yeah, yeah. Mm.
1: I guess it's um, I guess May you're hitting that sweet kind of summer blockbuster like every you know parent's going to be looking for a film to take their kids to see and um, yeah I think the first time I ever saw this was at the cinema um, and I've got a really sort of strong memory of, of being taken to the cinema with my mum and i think we even got like casper lollipops <laughs> um, oh, i'm not nice. I, can't, I can't really remember what these lollipops were like but i feel like that's a memory lodged in my brain from mm-hmm. when i went to see this film um which i was thinking like so i was 4 when this film came out um and i don't i, I feel like i must have been quite scared like cuz there's some like pretty scary bits for, for kids in this film yeah. i don't know what you guys think do you think yeah, no. Joking? Was this one of your? Were you scared?
2: Well, yeah, I had to sleep with a Lion afterwards, but that's just, <laughs> just <laughs> similar to every other night. We was this one of your first film experiences, Steph? Do you think, at age four?
1: Um, I definitely know that the first film I went to see was The Lion King. Mm. So, when did that film?
2: I thought that was come out quite yeah, a similar year or something. Maybe you you know adjusted to cinema by this point maybe you (laughs) could handle if you can handle the death of you can handle anything
1: well yeah i mean oh okay so lion king was 1994 right so yeah so i must have seen a few films by that point and would have held up okay so yeah but I, I think I genuinely think this is where my love of like paranormal stuff started.
0: For those for those who don't know, for those listeners who don't know, like Steph uh is very much into uh ghost stories, true crime stories, but the paranormal I'd I'd say Steph is, is has a real interest in. So I didn't really re- I didn't really connect the two um until you said <laughs> yeah. you said it's it. It's my origin story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so funny. So
1: what would
2: you say joe was your favorite scene in this film uh my favorite scene in this film would be when you first like discover um casper's deceased father's like secret layer like he's basically Mm. turns out that he was batman of some generation (laughs) and he's got this chair that you sit in and it goes across and it like shaves your face for you and gets you dressed in like a chitty chitty bang bang type fashion and then you get into this cool little secret layer where it's got like a vault and this machine that makes you, you know, yeah. brings, brings ghosts back, back to brings life. Brings you back it from the awesome. dead, yeah. I remember,
0: I remember as a kid thinking that was the coolest thing ever. Like the, the yeah. coolest. I wanted to
2: go on that ride. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think when, I was, when you mentioned that we were watching Casper, I was trying to think of the last time I watched it and it would be it be longer than ten years ago for me, but that was one of the things that like stuck out for me was that kind mm. of stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I I I don't actually know when the last time was, but I watched this film. It was definitely a long time ago, and yeah, the um, the chair that um, Christina Ritchie sits in and like gets taken down into the lair. I, I always remember that. Mm. It was such a cool bit of the movie. And again, because it was real, like they'd obviously built that whole set for her yeah. to sit in. Um, yeah, it just made you want want to. It made you want there to be a ride of that.
2: It does, yeah, yeah, it does.
1: What about you, Max? What was your favourite scene?
0: I think my favourite scene. Um, I think the. Um, it's hard to say. I think my favourite scene is actually when uh, they're upstairs. It's just before they discover that crazy Batman lair. And he's sat on the sledge and he's talking about yeah. sledging because that bit just takes the film in like a totally different turn. It goes from being this happy family movie. And then he talks about the time when he was alive and then he gets sick because you don't, ever, you know, he's a ghost, yeah. obviously, but you don't ever think about the moment that Casper passed away. And that bit's really mm. emotional. And then she, that's when she asked the question, you know, what's it like to die? And I was like, oh my, what? what's going on? I wasn't prepared yeah. for it. But I think, um, I don't know. I just think there's value in, in things like that in movies, even in, in family films. And um, yeah, I feel like um, I'm not embarrassed to say that, like moments like that, they do touch you because they just make you think, you know, it's, it's just a question yeah. that you wouldn't ever ask yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like I was sat, <sighs> I was sat after the film thinking, "Gosh, like, imagine it, like explaining to someone like what's what it's like to pass away." Do you know what I mean? Like, you couldn't. It's mm. just. Uh, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just it's an unfathomable thing, and I think that um, yeah, for for a movie like Casper, like it just came out of the blue. So yeah, I, for some reason that stayed with
2: me. What was your favourite, Steph?
1: Yeah, I, I I kind of think a combination of um, of the two really. Um, I think just to pick up on what Max was saying like um I think it's really important to have moments like that in kids films because I think that that can really help with conversations with kids because it's 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 broaching a real subject without it being too scary and too sad like it is really sad when Casper's sat there and he's he's remembering like oh yeah I was I was out sledging and then it got cold and it's like oh god like he died of pneumonia yeah. and like that's um, really real and scary and sad but it's what can happen like yeah. you know everyone dies everyone has to deal with loss and um yeah I just think that that it's quite nice sometimes in a kid's film for there to be that gear change and it's like okay let's have a real moment um and then we'll go into the fantastical like you know going on a chair that takes you down into a Cool lair yeah um, you know I, I I i really appreciated that with this film
0: yeah i mm. I think um, there's there's unique attributes like that in movies that I think if you don't have and it is just comedy, family humor, I just don't think it stays it, it just doesn't stay with mm. in, in like the canon of cinema the same way that casper has like if you compare it to something like scooby doo do you remember the 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 live action remake of, of scooby doo <laughs> There's there's no touching moments in that film. I'm not saying it's a bad film, but it's just comedy after comedy after comedy, isn't it? Um, But I Mm -hmm. think uh, touching moments like that in Casper um, are quite good to go with. I think my least favourite scene is probably where the Scottish dragon gives his heart to to the other person. (laughs) Am I I
2: comparing? (laughs) Am I comparing? Is that is that in this film? Did you see the right film? (laughs) Are you just watching Dragonheart again? Oh, Dragonheart again! Oh,
0: sorry. I keep I keep bringing up. Yeah. (laughs) Um, <laughs> I'm confused. <Such> a <laughs>
2: and then his son comes out of nowhere. They've got to find the Holy Grail. I know, I know the film. You're yeah, that about. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
1: Oh God, we're only like four episodes
0: in. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep bringing it back to Dragonheart. But now I, I think um, one of the weird things about this film is I didn't realize how much it took, like Christina Ricci's career. Like this really propelled her career, didn't it? Because I, I think I was too young to watch the movies that she was in when I was like, after this. But I was scratching my head throughout a lot of the film, thinking, is she one of those actors who's basically played a child but in reality she's actually (laughs) like 25 years old but i did my research and no she's actually close to the age that she's she's playing but
2: yeah because she did a great job in this film yeah
1: yeah she's awesome she i feel like she does a really good job of being that slightly creepy not creepy is not the right word because she obviously she plays wednesday adams as well yeah um in both of the adams family movies so and then she's casper so she's kind of doing it's not a similar role but they're kind of similar films you know it's all a bit Mm, creepy she's a bit of a weird yeah gothic weirdo loner girl Mm. um but she plays it really really well um and yeah i think i don't know how old she was in this film um she's meant to be 12 um but yeah she's she's really good actress yeah um yeah, the 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 tough conversation she has to have with Casper um, about you know, don't you remember what it was like when you were alive? Um, and yeah, I just think she's she's great.
0: Yeah, mm. I remember my sister really fancying a um, uh, uh, real life Casper. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, so she would have been In the end where he's really smug and blonde and alive yeah but <laughs> yeah. don't you think he looks so much like the guy that asked her out like at the beginning of the film that knocked on her door yeah. they, they are so similar to me that that is just the 90s very 90s. very 90s heartthrob with the blonde hair and yeah is yeah I, I found that quite funny the curtains <laughs> yeah. yeah oh I loved it
1: yeah I can't believe the audacity of the kids. They're like, she's brand new to the school. They're like, oh, we can't have the the Halloween dance um, in in the school. And then they're just like, oh, we're going to have it at your house. And it's like, she's been here five minutes and they've all decided that they're going to have a party. And her, her dad, does her dad even get consulted about this party?
2: I know
0: and the, and, the, and the teacher's on board, the teacher's like championing it he isn't it is like, yeah
2: <laughs> the teacher turns <laughs>
0: up he's there at the door That's that's, that's posing some questions isn't it i'm i'm questioning yeah. I'm questioning that definitely
2: there's only one guardian at this whole thing
1: <laughs> the the only problem the only slight problem I have with this film um is the ending not to get like not to not to Finish talking about this film now, because I think we've still got quite a bit to talk about. Um, but yeah, the fact that I you kind of expect Casper to move on, um, yeah, because he because the whole con the whole like thing throughout the whole film is that ghosts are just people with unfinished business, um, and that's why they stick around. Which again, I think is quite a comforting thing as a child to kind of think of, like, don't be scared of these. Ghosts. they're they're just here because they have some unfinished business and they're not here to hurt you um but yeah so casper kind of goes through the film um he obviously has a crush on cat he's only 12 so it's very innocent it's very cute um and yeah he basically sacrifices his opportunity to be alive again to help cat because her dad accidentally gets killed and he comes back as a ghost and he doesn't remember cat which is really sad um
2: mm, yeah
1: and then casper says no you can you need it more than i do and so he sacrifices his opportunity to turn alive that's not the right phrase but um and yeah so kind of like you, you kind of think well he's sort of finished his business really he's he's made his mm. dad proud he's used the machine for good so
2: why is he still hanging around? Yeah, he's reunited um, the dad with the deceased mum as well as a ghost. Yeah. yeah. Kind of wrapped everything yeah. up. He can move on. They can stop being, you know, he can stop being a ghost therapist or whatever. Or, or maybe it's the start of an amazing career. We don't really know. And then, yeah, you think he'd just kind of go, oh, okay, sorted. Which I suppose that means the uncles must all have unfinished business as well. Yeah, we don't ever know what that is either.
1: No, and I don't really know where the uncles came from because it's made out like you know this is Casper's house. Casper lived there with his parents. Um, yeah. Mm. So where where do the uncles feature in this? Were they there
2: when Casper <laughs> yeah. was alive? Are they were they were they his yeah were they his uncles in real life or because we've got this kind of weird recurring theme of once you die, you become a ghost and you kind of forget the people, like your loved ones, because Casper forgets, Mm. doesn't it? It's only when he's kind of, he starts to remember stuff when she takes him round the house and he goes, oh, I remember this. And then so maybe, you know, the uncles died there as well at some point. And then, I don't Mm. know, they kind of look after him. I don't know. It's all very odd. Maybe they're just his uncles in like the ghostly realm and none of them know why they're there or... I don't know. That
1: is a good point, Joe.
2: I, Lots to explore maybe. in a TV show. Yeah. Yeah.
1: In the sequel.
0: <laughs> maybe they could do like a really boring adult version where Casper comes to life and then he gets a really boring job at like the Department of Work and Pensions and just, you know, d- does his shopping in Sainsbury's and he, that's it. Maybe, maybe, maybe he could do that version.
1: I don't know who'd watch that, Max. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: get back to Dragonheart. <laughs> it's more like a documentary that <laughs> way. don't quit your day job no i think um i think part of the reason why that's never explained is because they're almost just a bit of like comic relief even though i'd love to know their backstory because yeah. they're you know it says that they're uncles but if you look at the pictures uh if you remember the pictures shown in the film of uh casper's dad he seems like he was quite wealthy um seems quite mm. like, quite an important guy doesn't seem like he'd Hang, hang around with any any one of those three uncles, but um, I would no. like I would like to know more about what they do. What they do?
1: I guess one big part of this film that we haven't talked about is um, Bill Pullman, mm. the awesome Bill Pullman who plays um, Doctor James Harvey, who is the the dad yeah. of Cat. Um, I like because I haven't seen this film in so long. I couldn't remember who played the dad. I remembered what. I vaguely remembered what he looked like and then when I watched it again I was like oh my god yeah it's Bill Pullman like I think he's really good in this
0: yeah I love him in this whenever I see Bill Pullman
2: for some reason the first film that comes to mind is Independence Day (laughs) oh me too yeah that's that's the only film that comes to mind is Independence (laughs) Day yeah yeah
0: I think he's yeah he's brilliant in that but he is brilliant in this um and I like the bit where he's drunk and he's at the bar with the uncles and he's yeah. like acting yeah. drunk. Um, for some yeah. reason, that, that bit's always stayed with me as well. But I absolutely mm. love that guy. Doesn't matter what he's in. Um, absolutely love that guy.
1: Yeah. Have you guys seen um, The Sinner on Netflix?
2: Yes, I have. No.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of hard to believe that it's the same guy. All um, oh, right. right. He's a very different character yeah mm-hmm. um it's quite dark it's quite it's quite depressing, it's mm-hmm. good, but um yeah, um it's kind of hard to to see him as the same the same person when you're watching him in mm-hmm. Casper.
0: yeah, i think uh yeah, in that doesn't he play a detect- he does play a detective, he's not like a therapist or anything like that, isn't he
1: no, he's a detective yeah, yeah. but He's one of those that goes sort of over and above his pay grade to like help solve the cases.
0: All right. He's he's one of those characters yeah. in films that you could never cast as like the evil guy. He, I just I can't see it happening. You would not like, buy it. No, nah, yeah. you just wouldn't buy he's just too he's just too a Bit f-
1: like um a bit like Tom Hanks.
0: Yeah.
2: Has he oh, has yeah. Tom Hanks ever played an evil guy? Well, I was trying to think there was that really god-awful film not long ago i think it was a netflix film is it the circle where he he's a steve jobs kind of character and emma watson's in it and he's not the nicest person in that as it turns out yeah Uh,
1: no i I haven't seen that film
2: yeah it's not i I wouldn't recommend it to uh, anyone out there mostly because this is a nostalgia podcast and but um (laughs) yeah I, I can't think of anything where he's been like a villain with a cape, and you know what I mean, like yeah. really yeah. like maniacal. He's just too
0: lovable. Yeah, he is.
2: Way he is. I think one of the uh, one of the scenes I actually
0: so the first scene in the film when I was watching it, I actually laughed at when I rewatched it for the first time was um it was one of the early scenes. You know, you know when uh, Carrigan and her sidekick go in. And they see the ghost and they're like, ah! Oh. And then they call in that priest who comes in. He's just like, yeah. and they're like, have you done this before? And he's like, yeah, done this before. I've watched all the videos and stuff. I've spoken to people who have done this before. So I think, you know, I think it'll be fine. <laughs> and yeah. He goes, comes back with his head twisted. I think that's maybe like a reference to like the exorcist potentially or something like that. But I found that bit quite funny. I
2: think that character is a character from another show and it's like yeah is that yeah do you know Steph do you know what it is
1: I, I think he's been on like SNL um, right and other things but yeah I think he is a character from other things because yeah at the beginning you get a cameo of um, Dan Aykroyd as well from Ghostbusters who yeah. Yeah.
2: you gonna call someone else
1: there's a lot of references in this film
2: yeah. yeah yeah I've got a a note I didn't make a lot of notes but one of them is just eric Idle in exclamation marks i did yeah. not know that he was in this film mm. but he's the um he's the lawyer isn't Dimps. he? Or, yeah
0: yes yes yeah so he he's, is so he's yeah.
2: one of so we've talked before about the roles that english people can have in films in american <laughs> films and he is the you know the hopeless smart but kind of geeky slapstick english old fella yeah yeah that can't do anything right
1: yeah, I don't get their relationship. Like, what is he to her? What's
2: he getting out of this? No idea. I've
1: well, he's hoping he's going to get some treasure, but.
2: Mm. Yeah. He he was at the start of the film where is he her attorney or something? He he was he was present when she got told what she was inheriting. Mm. She's like you know. I think my understanding is that he he he
0: works for her in some capacity. Mm. That, that's my understanding. But I, don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know what she pays him, but it's not worth it, <laughs> definitely not worth it. Um, but yeah, hmm. I, 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 found, I found him quite funny, but yeah, he does fall into that category of, um, of like the bumbling British guy, doesn't he? Mm, yeah. 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 He does it very well, does Eric Idle though, to be fair. I think, uh, I, I, I honestly think that it is um, a film for like adults and kids. And when you suggested it, Steph, I've never been more excited to watch a film. Not, not in any recent time. I can't tell you how excited I was to watch this film. I really was. And when I watched it again, a bit like uh, with George of the Jungle, I re wa- I rewatched it and I just thought, oh man, I love this film. <laughs> I absolutely love this film. It is, it's one of those Sunday films that I can just put on and happily, happily laugh and have a good time. So yeah, it's yeah. a really good suggestion.
2: Hmm.
1: Thanks very much. I'm excited to know... Uh, what next week's suggestion is going to be? I, is it? Is it Max? No. Are you doing the suggestion? No, it's,
0: it's, it's, it's oh, it's Joe.
1: Yeah, of course it is. It's Joe,
0: which means it's probably going to be something with a, a gun. Um, dub, it's another James another Bond James film. Another James Bond film. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, what have I got on my list of amazing films? If you say Dragonheart, cool. I, I can't... I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Max, Max will be so happy. Dragon Heart 2. I think we'll just get all the Sean Connery films out of the way, shall yeah. we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh just to mix it up, we've had like heartwarming Uncle Bork and Heartwarming Casper. And now we're gonna have heartwarming Batman and Robin. <laughs> <laughs> So which which um, just just to clarify
0: because there's been lots of um, lots of versions over the years which which one in particular
2: they have and I will gladly talk you through them so you've got the first two two Burton films I think were released in like 89 and 92 or something and they were like 15 or 12s or whatever they would have been so nostalgically they're quite hard to get into because they're a bit dark and stuff. I think then Joel, Schum- Joel Schumacher comes into play and you get a little bit more campy when they bring Robert I- Robin in. Yeah. And they do a film. <laughs> what <Sorry>. is it? <laughs> Robert, when they bring Rob... <laughs> you watch, <laughs> you watch the bootleg yeah. version. Batman and Bob. <laughs> <laughs> in their three-wheeler.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Batman... Back-
2: No, that is a film we'd watch. Oh, Batman and Robert. <laughs> so Batman and Bob. Batman and Robin. <laughs> Robert. <laughs> Batman and Robin. Yeah, you've got uh, Batman Forever was the third one, which had the, obviously the famous Seal, Kiss from a Rose song with like Tommy Lee Jones. That was really good. But no, we're going to watch the last of the, uh, the 90s Batman films. Uh, Batman and Robin. Is so. Just to clarify, <clears throat> is this the one
0: with Arnold Schwarzenegger in? Oh, you bet! <laughs> it's the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger.
1: <laughs> Amazing! I'm very excited to watch this.
0: Have you yeah, never? Have you seen this great. before, Steph?
1: I've definitely seen a lot of clips from this. <laughs> Whether I've seen it all the way through. I'll find
2: out. I think you've definitely seen, I think I've sent you a video before and it was probably about 21 minutes long and it was just a video full of Arnold Schwarzenegger quotes from films in the 90s. Which
1: I ha- happily watch.
2: Yeah, and this features heavily in that video, so uh, I think you'll get a kick out of it, if nothing else.
1: Brilliant. So many so many ice
2: puns. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we to have a whole section um, next week of our fav- i think favorite quotes is going to be something that we do next week yeah <laughs> i didn't expect this joe i feel like i'm
0: learning so much about you from the movies that, <laughs> that you grew up
2: with. <laughs> yeah so you're you're choosing like lovely family films that are really heartwarming and i'm just going for garbage
1: <laughs> no it's good we, we need to have some variety
0: but batman and robert wasn't a film that you made in a little media was it
2: i think think that was by uh uh, gcc expressive arts project (laughs) That was raising awareness about teenage depression what would you say about that batman and robert
0: (laughs) yeah batman's actually a a class a drug and robert's just a sick former (laughs) (laughs) no i am i am really looking forward to seeing this the um the Tim, I've I've never actually seen the the Tim Burton Batman movies purely because oh they're fantastic, they're it's, great. It's just because they were 15s and they came out and I wanted. It was one of those films that like I wanted to watch but couldn't because of the the age rating. But I was I was I was mm. so jealous of all my friends who got to watch it. But um yeah I've still never seen yeah. it. Is
1: is the Batman and Robin we're going to watch the one with George Clooney? <laughs>
2: Yeah so yeah it is this is yeah believe it or not George Clooney was Batman for one film so in the two um Tim Burton films you've got um Michael Keaton as Batman mm. he did it really well and then in the next one it was Val Kilmer he wasn't so good mm. he he wasn't great he wasn't so good no he wasn't so good he was maybe yeah it, it, these films get on the camp side as the as the years go on but George Clooney as Batman is something that you're gonna. Well, even George Clooney's Bruce Wayne is just something that you're gonna have to uh, wait and see. <laughs> who is? Um, you know We probably
0: shouldn't go into this because. Uh, but I'm I, I, gonna say there's so much for next week. <laughs> so like I, I remember bits of this film, but I don't remember who Albert was and, th- and things like that. I don't remember. I don't remember a lot. It was of Robert. This <laughs> <laughs> oh, please tell me it was Sean Connery.
2: <laughs> <laughs> You'll be back, Dad. Yeah. Wait a minute.
0: Is sorry, just sorry, just to clarify. This film, this is is this the version with Uma Thurman in it? Yes, it is. Oh.
1: Poison Ivy.
0: Wow. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to this. I am I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. i have not seen it in years. Really yeah. looking forward to it. No, yeah, me neither.
2: That's why I thought it'd be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well,
1: I guess that's uh, that's everything. That's
2: yeah. it for this week. episode. That's yeah. it for this week.
1: Thanks for joining us.
2: Thanks for having us. Yeah, been it's a pleasure. <laughs> See you next week. See you next week. Bye.
1: Thank you for listening to the Nineties Kids Movie Pod. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you like what you heard, we'd love for you to rate, review, and subscribe. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Nineties Kids Movie Pod, and let us know which films you grew up watching. Goodbye.